Warning, the following podcast contains mature content such as naughty language and sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-binary folk as well, today it is Thursday, November 12th, uh, and it was just a few days ago when we received the final results of the election, well, not final, but the projected results of the presidential election in the United States, and we breathed out a collective sigh of relief at the uh, knowledge that Joe Biden was, in fact, going to become our president in the year 2021. Um, and with that news, I feel as though we owe a formal apology to the entire state of Michigan. <laughs> because in a previous episode, we did some mad dogging on Michigan, said that it was absolutely terrible and that we would never, ever want to live there. But then Ohio went red. And Michigan went blue. And suddenly I owe my reproductive rights to Detroit. And, and oh my, I owe my right to exist. <laughs> so today, um, this episode is dedicated to our brothers and sisters in Michigan who um, single-handedly saved the world. Oh, also Georgia, but I never insulted Georgia. So and Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. I also never and Arizona. insulted Pennsylvania, but mostly we we really insulted Michigan. So we owe them a formal apology. So this episode of It's 2020 and we're reading Twilight goes out to to you, Michigan. With that in mind, my name is Sarah. I'm Mimi. And today we are going to begin um what is my slow decline, I believe, into liking Edward. Who's Edward? Edward Cullen. Don't recognize the name. Nope. Okay. Um, he I... starts out this section real bad. And then he... Um... Wait, is that the guy in your book? No. No. The guy in, in The Twilight Saga by Stephanie Meyer. But we were doing a podcast on the books that we're writing this month <laughs> no we are not talking about NaNoWriMo we are in fact talking about uh Eclipse by Stephanie Meyer why the fuck are we doing that I do you know I ask myself that question all the time and unfortunately the answer is never clear so today we are talking about chapters 6 through 10 of Eclipse and Edward starts out this section really fucking awful and I hate him. But then he, like, I don't know. He grows a sweet bone, apparently, and is not terrible through the latter half of this section. And I, it, it it's not in character, but, like, I'm not against it. <laughs> I'll explain as we go my issues. Okay, okay. Sounds good. So chapter six uh, begins with Bella driving to Angela's and on her way there, Edward appears behind Bella on the road and follows her all the way to Angela's place. Um, Bella spends the day with Angela and really enjoys herself, but is anxious when she has to leave because she doesn't want to confront Edward. And um, ladies, if you are being death, if you feel deathly afraid of your boyfriend's anger, that is a red flag. Yeah, um, you shouldn't ever have to worry 
about what happens when your significant other finds out that you did something they didn't want you to do unless that thing that you did was fuck another person in your bed with <laughs> and, and then you can probably maybe be worried about what the reaction is gonna be <laughs> yeah but like bella is always afraid of what edward's gonna do or say yeah so it's, i it's that concerning. is bad the fact that she has to uh make her decisions around how edward will react to them negatively is a problem yeah so you had a note that is just a number ah <laughs> uh, yes uh during her little interaction with angela uh they were having some girl talk and angela was helping her out and uh bella thought to herself i wanted to talk to a normal human girlfriend i wanted to moan a little bit like any other teenage girl and i was just like hi bella you go get you a girlfriend and moan a little bit I agree. I agree, Bella. Just go be gay and moan to your girlfriend. (laughs) So when Bella gets home, Charlie is happy she got to spend time with Jake. Um, Edward is waiting in her bedroom and is super pissed that she went to La Push. They argue about it, but Bella insists that she has no part in this stupid fight. And I do like that. Good for you, Bella. Yeah. So this is where actually where the term Team Switzerland comes from in the fandom. Because... Everybody was, like, you know, having their Team Edward, Team Jacob fight. And then some people were like, I mean, I like both of them. Or I like neither of them. Um, And so Team Switzerland became a thing. Um, And I actually really like her – I do really like her standing up for herself and being like, this is not my problem. Like, you guys hating each other is not about me if you are not jealous of him. That So, like, leave me out of it. This is not my fight. And I really, really appreciate her saying that because she doesn't just let the conversation drop. She's like, you don't get to tell me what to do. He's my friend. He was there for me when you weren't. So, come on. Like, you can't just keep me away from him forever. So, the following week, Ed has to go hunting again because he never actually hunted the first time because he came straight home when he realized that uh, Bella went to La Push. He pays off Alice to kidnap Bella until he gets home, which Alice accepts because she apparently no longer cares about Bella's autonomy. Uh, She even admits that she's going to kidnap Bella every time Edward goes hunting. Bella calls Jake to let him know the Cullens are holding her hostage, and he's rightfully very upset. Bella goes up to get some sleep and realizes Edward has purchased a ridiculous bed for her. She tries to sleep on the couch, but but is interrupted by Rosalie. Um, I fucking hate this section. I cannot believe that Alice is so nonchalant about this. And like, here's where we get into my issues. Yeah. What the fuck? She, because she's going to, this is going to lead into her propping up Ed. And trying to make him a better character, but at the cost of Alice's characterization. Yeah. And it's just going to keep doing that. She's going to do it to Jacob, too. Oh, She's just going to keep bringing everyone else down and lifting Ed up. And it's just like, no. And I'm going to say this now. 
his behavior later when he becomes sweet and understanding about the things that she wants and he decides that he can't make her choices for her and just needs to trust her would be fine because he's having this revelation about how the way he's acting could very much destroy their relationship but she doesn't have to destroy other characters in to order do to do that she could have just made edward have that revelation and that would have been fine i actually i make comments later about how much i like the way that he's acting because it shows that he is maturing and making a better decision than trying to control her all the time but then he, she also destroys alice and jacob in the process alice specifically in this section if she at least showed remorse for what was happening but believed that what she was doing was keeping Bella safe, I wouldn't have as big of an issue about it. But she's so, like, vacant this entire yeah. time. She's just like, Edward bought me a Porsche, so I'm going to kidnap you. And she has, and Bella says multiple times that she says all this shit with no remorse. Yeah, it's, it's fucking terrifying. Yeah, the way she's just like, yeah, he paid me off, so I'm just going to kidnap you and not let you make your own choices. It's literally sociopathic. It is. It's... It's, it's so against Alice's character considering she's the one who came all the way back to Forks in New Moon just to make sure that she was okay. And even yeah. in the movie New Moon, they characterize their relationship as being very close when they have Bella constantly emailing Alice as, a, as like a means of like having a diary of sorts. And so for her to just in this movie be like, I know we were friends and I always kind of put our friendship before like me just seeing you as my brother's girlfriend but he bought me a porsche and then later she uh, we'll get there but later when she's just sitting on the car when bella gets back and she's like i never even got to drive it oh my god like you clearly don't like she clearly doesn't see an issue with bella actually going to la push because she's not freaked out literally at all she's just sitting there when bella gets back i okay I, I can't, I cannot stand this assassination of Alice Cullen's character. Alice. Started in yeah. New Moon. Yeah. And she just keeps ramping it up. Mm-hmm. In New Moon, I could take it as being careless characterization. Now it's intentional. Now it's just intentional. Now she's just being like, well, Alice is just going to do whatever Edward wants because she's being bribed with a car. Alice can get the car herself. She doesn't need Edward to buy it for her. Like, that's what's driving me insane about this. Yeah, it's not it's like been... Edward has access to money that Alice doesn't. Very confusing for me, trying to process how that works. Yeah. Anyway, but that's I... the end of chapter six. Now we're going into chap chapter seven, where we get the entire backstory of Rosalie in one uh, quick swoop. And it makes me actually really, really like Rosalie. Yeah. Rosalie has swung over Alice in faves of the Cullen family mm -hmm. just because of Alice's utter sabotage. Oh, yeah. My, my faves right now go Emmett, then Rosalie, then Jasper, and then Alice. No, Esme. Cullen, Carlisle's cool, too. I don't know. Alice is just like, she's on my shit list right now. Alice is on the shit list right now. Um, so, but we find out that basically she was raised um, during the Great Depression, but her family was well off because her dad worked for a bank. And she was always seen as really attractive 
and everyone was always super nice to her and she just wanted to live this nice idealized life um and the bank manager's son one day saw her and started like hitting her up and they got engaged and we're going to get married and there's a few different uh bits from this section i'm going to hit on real quick so when describing herself um first of all there's some fucked up little details in here but also just some good insight on rosalie's part so she says um that her parents weren't satisfied necessarily with just her being their daughter and uh her her aspirations uh but she was thrilled to just be rosalie hale pleased that men's eyes watched me everywhere i went from the year i turned 12. oh yeah i was just like i believe it but like i don't find that hard to believe from a character saying that especially yeah. from like great but i'm just like Ugh. yeah <laughs> um but then she says admiration was like air to me bella i was silly and shallow but i was content and i'm just like look at that fucking level of self-reflection from and honestly, a smire character the way like at the time that this was published the way that rosalie is describing herself is like we're all supposed to be like oh she was vapid and dumb but at least she's aware of it but like nowadays i feel like looking at that characterization she's like i was silly and i was shallow and it's like fuck yeah live your life the way you want to live it if you want to be fucking silly and shallow and that makes you happy then that's fine and if and if that's the way your life works if that's what is gonna make you happy uh go for it fucking go for it it didn't but it didn't because the man she was engaged to who she thought was very nice uh actually uh one night was drunk with some friends and she'd never seen him drunk before and she left her friend's house late and was walking home alone uh when she ran into him and then he and his drunk friends gang raped her and left her in the street to die yeah uh and carlisle found her and he turned her for ed and ed didn't want her which was a very big problem for her not because um, she wanted ed. and she said it's not that she wanted him <laughs> it's that she wasn't used to people not wanting her i um I, but then i love her i've hated her this whole time <laughs> she went on a glorious vengeance spree so i actually i i took out an entire chunk i'm going to read because she tells bella all about how she hunted down the men that raped her it is so and fucking killed beautiful. them one by one and did it slowly so she tortured them to death to make sure that they like suffered but she also did it slowly so that they knew what was happening because they were the only ones that knew so like slowly everyone that did it to her is dying around them yes i saved royce for last and that was her, uh, Royce was her fiance. I hoped that he would hear of his friend's deaths and understand, know what was coming for him. I hoped the fear would make the end worse for him. I think it worked. He was hiding inside a windowless room behind a door as thick as a bank vaults, guarded outside by armed men when I caught up with him. Oops, seven murders, she corrected herself. I forgot about his guards. They only took a second. I was overly theatrical. It was kind of childish, really. 
I wore a wedding dress I'd stolen for the occasion. He screamed when he saw me. He screamed a lot that night. Saving him for last was a good idea. It made it easier for me to control myself, to make it slower. She broke off suddenly, and she glanced down at me. I'm sorry, she said in a chagrined voice. I'm frightening you, aren't I? I, so, that beautiful. Absolutely amazing. Amazing. So, also, what, what you didn't mention is that she specifically did not spill a single drop of any of their blood. She didn't want a single drop of their body, of them entering into her. So, she's never, ever tasted human blood. And so when she went back to kill all of her rapists, she killed them in such a way that none of them bled so that she would be able to control herself and not drink their blood because she didn't want to have, oh my God, I have goosebumps right now. I forgot how fucking badass Rosalie's backstory is. Oh my I'm God. Just like, wow. I fucking love Rosalie now. Oh yeah. And so she tells Bella this whole story because she's trying to convince Bella that she shouldn't want to become a vampire because she's going to miss out on the human life that she will never be able to live once she becomes a vampire. Now, I think because Rosalie's biggest thing is that she never got to have a kid, right? Because she always wanted to be a mom. And I think what would have made this situation more compelling would be if Bella had told Rosalie, like, I'm so sorry, but I don't like want a child. So therefore, that's not something I'm going to miss out on, which is, of course, completely negated because she has a baby in the next book. But if that had been the case, if Bella was like, but I don't even want a baby, then Rosalie would probably rethink her entire perspective on this whole situation. And granted, Bella's young. And I don't want to say that you can't know from the time you're 18 that you don't want to have children because that's a very valid feeling to have even when you're young. However, it is... I don't want to say, you're going to change your mind. You're 18. So, like, I, I wouldn't... It'd be reasonable for Rosalie not to take her seriously on it. Yes, because it's like when... And, I, and I'm and i not trying to say that if you're 18 years old... Do not fucking tell people that they're going to change their mind. Yes, of course not. However, the odds of you changing your mind are higher when you're 18 and making these choices than when you're older. Now, granted... I am a firm believer that adoption is not like a last resort option for having children. I think that it is a very, very valid and important option for having a child. If I have a child, I'm going to adopt. That's what I want to do. That's what I've always wanted to do. And I don't think that it needs to be treated as like this, like, oh, if nothing else works, you can always adopt because adoption is a really beautiful and difficult process to go through. So even if you are like 18 and you're like, I don't want kids. I want my tubes tied. I'm done. I don't want to have a child. And later you do change your mind. You can still just adopt. And that's a great, and that would be a great option for you. When I was on my date last night, um, we ended up on the topic of babies for some reason. And I made a joke. I was like, I'm, uh having a uterus not having a uterus and never get getting to experience the miracle of childbirth is one part of being a woman i would never be upset that i uh had to miss out on and she was like you know uh same though i I don't want to i don't want to do that ever and she was like but i have a friend and she like she's told me that she's 
like cool adopting kids and stuff and she thinks adoption's a great thing but she really just wants to have one that's hers and then like at least one and then like she can adopt some two and i'm like imagine being the adopted kid and just having like hearing them be like well this one's actually mine yeah and this one, <laughs> fuck. i want to adopt this is not a serious t- this is not a serious take <laughs> because i know someone is going to take it seriously this is me mostly joking i want to you remember that scene in easy a where the main character has an adoptive younger brother who is black and there's a scene where he's like what does this have to do with anything i'm adopted and the dad the whole family's white except for the kid and so the dad is like what who told you i want that <laughs> I, I think it would be so funny to have a child of a different race than me and just like never like tell them that uh, that they are adopted and then one day when they're like nine they're like am i adopted and i'm like what why would you ask that Also, there is a disparity in the amount of children of color within the state system who are in need of loving homes. So I feel like it would be um, a good and charitable thing (laughs) to uh, seek out a disadvantaged child of color. And I also want an older kid. Oh my god. Do a rainbow family. (laughs) Everyone is a different ethnicity. (laughs) But Brandon and I are the same. But you guys are the same, and never tell any of them you're adopted. <laughs> oh my god, I'm just imagining, like, a little Vietnamese kid, and a little, like, black kid, and they're just like, hey, have you ever noticed that we don't look anything like mom and dad? <laughs> and I'll be like, what are you talking about? You have Brandon's eyes. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, look, I don't. Anyways. I don't want to make a joke out of, out of adopting children of different races, because I, I know that it's actually a very difficult subject because a lot of people do it specifically because they fetishize the appearance of people of different races i assure you that is that is not my intention no we're doing it for the memes yeah (laughs) we're doing it for the memes and also because i am aware of the disparity in the foster care system when it comes to children of color so i promise i'm trying to be kind (laughs) anyway we find out that rosalie saved emmett because when she found him it reminded her of her friends her old bestie's son because the night that she uh was raped she had uh she was leaving her friend's house and she had been over there too late and her friend had married a carpenter and they had a baby and she was like she was always looked so happy and it bothered me because like that wasn't the life that i wanted like, she had the life that I wanted, but not in the way that I wanted it. Yeah. And so I was jealous. Her um, friend wasn't wealthy, but she was so happy to have her husband and her baby. And when she, something about Emmett reminded her of that old friend's son. And so she saved Emmett because of that. And I, you know, at first I was kind of like, mm, but you know what? It's She's not sexualizing him based on his appearance. In relation to her friend's kid, that's just the reason that she felt so compelled to save him was because she looked at him and she was like, she saw the same innocence 
in his face that she that she saw in the face of her friend's son and so and she couldn't because he's just a let himbo. him die and he's a himbo so like what can you do Emmett that's why is... he looks so innocent he can't help it yeah um but yeah the next day alice takes bella to school and tries to act like she's not being an awful person uh but then Jacob shows up at school to unexpectedly kidnap squared Bella. Yeah. Which off. <laughs> it's not really kidnapping because Bella runs away with him. Kidnap squared. <laughs> I actually, I remember, so this is the scene that started my initial rant that would eventually become this podcast. And I remembered it wrong because they don't, he, they don't run away together and then he immediately kisses her because that's what I thought happened. But no, they actually like, that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen. It hasn't happened yet, and I'm tense about when it does happen. Haha. <laughs> I feel the wrongness. Once in your again, feelings. I've only ever read this book once, and I'm Something. not even entirely sure I read this book all the way through. <laughs> I think I did. I know I read it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you do a Scottish accent by any chance? Oh, like if you could change your fate, would you? Could you read? Could you read my second comment? <clears throat> Why the fuck would you kiss Mike on the cheek, you dumb, ignorant sleut? <laughs> that was real bad, but also what the fuck? I, I wrote part of it, and I realized that it sounded like I was writing it with a Scottish yeah. accent. And so then I went back and changed it all to that. Uh, yeah, she kisses Mike on the cheek when she tells him to lie to the teacher and say yeah. that she got sick. And she runs off with Jacob. And I'm like, why, why would you do that to him? You know how he is. Yeah. Like... At that point, like, there is no innocence on your part doing that. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Like, she knows. I think she's just trying to be friendly. Because it did used to be a bigger thing that you would just, like, kiss your friends. And it wouldn't be weird. And I kiss my female friends on the cheek and, and on the mouth. Oh, yeah. I, I get some <laughs> tongue action all the time. It's great. No. I most... So, that's not actually a lie. Most of my Friendly female friends are straight. bi or pansexual or lesbians. So I uh, I have smooched multiple of my friends on the mouth. <laughs> Consensually. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't just like, come here. Best friend hangout night. We, uh, we eat some popcorn, watch some movies, do some cunnilingus. Absolutely you know. fucking not. I could never, ever, ever see you. Like, no offense. It's not because of your appearance. It's just because I could never see you that way. I wasn't talking about myself. Okay, good. <laughs> we are like siblings. There's no way that there could ever be anything there. <laughs> oh, I'm hurt. Oh, no. I'm hurt. I, she I'm... called me ugly. I didn't call you ugly. <laughs> I called you my sister. <laughs> Which is kind of the same thing. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sure, chapter I'm gonna go eight. Tell my sister she's ugly real quick. So chapter eight. <laughs> so actually, I want to just make one comment. When Alice is like, "Hey, maybe we can go to Olympia tonight," and Bella's like, "No, I don't want to." I like if Al. I just like every part of me wants Alice to be like, "Come on, Bella. Like maybe we can have some fun." But she's just straight up like, "Ah, oh, fine." It's like she doesn't even care that Bella is miserably unhappy right now. She doesn't even try to reason with her. Like, if Alice agrees, like, if Alice, which I don't even know if she does, but if Alice agrees that Bella should not be around the werewolves because she thinks they're dangerous, why isn't she saying anything? So dumb with this bitch. Yeah. 
So chapter eight, Jacob and Bella walk along the beach and Jacob reveals, oh my fucking God. Jacob reveals that Quill imprinted on a two-year-old. Bella is justifiably horrified, but Jacob just shrugs it off. Jacob admits that he's desperately in love with Bella, and when Bella becomes uncomfortable, he apologizes and promises he's going to be normal with her. So there's still, like, this hint of the way that he used to be. Because he's confessing his feelings for her, which he's totally entitled to do. And when she's like, no, I'm gonna leave, he's like, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I won't do that again. I just want to be friends. Like, I don't want to lose you in my life, so let's just, we'll be normal. And he actually tries to. Except for the fact that he's constantly insulting Edward. Yeah. Um, they ride their motorcycles, then hang out in Jake's garage, where Bella informs him that she's going to be changed into a vampire in a few weeks. Jake gets super mad, but controls himself like a proper gentleman. Uh, he then says that he would rather Bella die than turn into a vampire, and Bella leaves. So, a couple things about this. First, oof. Oof. <laughs> it really sucks that he fucking said that. However, it's it's really human of him to say something dramatic like that when he's really upset. Because I can see how he would see this as, like, the worst fucking option. Like, if she becomes a vampire, she's basically going to be out of his life forever. So, it's really fucking bad that he said it. But at the same and time... Selfish it's human you know it like it actually is like a proper characterization of what someone in this kind of desperate situation would say and so i obviously i wouldn't i'm not okay with him saying it but i get it you know why are you justifying his abuse i'm not I'm not trying to justify it because we did have an entire debate last episode about Sam's whole thing. Was it a debate or was it more like me just trying to understand? Yeah, it was less. <laughs> yeah, it was more of you just being like, I don't get it. And me being like, well, I'm upset. And you being like, but why? <laughs> um, but I don't I don't want to I don't want it to seem like I'm justifying it because it is wrong. It's just, I can understand that is actually like a very decent characterization that Stephanie Meyer has done because he's in the heat of the moment. He just stopped himself from turning and he's like, look, this is the worst thing that could happen. I'd wish you were dead more than I'd wish you were a vampire. And it's just something that could slip out of your mouth when you're like in a really heated moment. So I get it. It's just, shut up. Don't say that. That sucks. <laughs> shut up. Just shut up. Now, the way that Jacob explains the imprinting and him being like, well, I mean, when she's a baby, he's going to be a great babysitter to her, which if I was this child's mother, I would never fucking let Quill around my baby knowing that he had imprinted on her. But like, for some reason, Jacob's under the impression that now Quill is going to be around them all the time, which is terrifying and then he's like and then when she's older he'll be her friend and then when she's ready they'll be together and bella's like does she get a choice and he's like i mean why would you not want to be with someone who's like in love with you and devoted to you because you're under no fucking obligation to be with anyone just because someone loves you and is devoted to you doesn't mean that you have to be in a relationship with them and if this girl, what if the girl grows up and is a fucking lesbian? 
Guess she's gonna have to like the dick. And I'm not saying that's the only situation in which this would be unacceptable, but like that's the first thing that my mind goes to is that this that's girl the first is gonna. Thing our minds always go to. Yeah, is that this girl is gonna grow up and be gay, and then he's gonna be like, "But you have to love me because I've loved you your entire life." It's really fucking awful. I hate it. This imprinting thing's terrible. It is. It's really bad. And I'm not, like, inherently against the idea of presenting imprinting as a concept in fantasy media and, like, werewolf literature. Um, but, like, when you do it in this way, because I feel like this was Stephanie Meyer ramping up to baby renaissance in the second, in the second, in the fourth book. Baby, baby, baby ricotta. Baby. Ricotta. We're calling her ricotta cheese. <laughs> ricotta cheese um, in the fourth book uh, because she's like, well, Jacob isn't going to get Bella, but I'll give him like a consolation prize, which is a baby. The the fruit from her loins. <laughs> uh, and there are some people, so this is just like a little aside. There are some people who are like, well, it was always destined to be this way. Jacob was always going to fall in love with Bella's baby. And then someone was like, but what if Bella ended up with Jacob? And the ba- ah. and the baby popped out, and he imprinted on it. Ah. <laughs> and now I imagine the way that Stephanie Meyer would answer that would be like, "Well, he wouldn't imprint on the baby if it was his own baby, because I don't think she'd go so far as to support incest." But like, that's the implication. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no. so bella goes back to the cullen's place uh and she's super sad so she just goes to sleep this is the scene where alice is sitting on her car and she's like i never even got to drive it and this entire situation proves that she only cared about herself in that entire uh that entire deal it was all just about her getting to have her car um when she wakes up she's in the big old bed with edward they do a real good kiss and bella thinks she's about to get laid but edward is like no then they talk about her going to La Push, no. and Edward is understanding about her wanting to go to see Jacob. Bella the tells Edward him turning point. Uh-huh. Bella tells him about what happened with Jacob and breaks down a little bit, and Edward hugs her and tells her sincerely that he's sorry about what happened. Like, I, maybe I'm reading this wrong, you can tell me, but he seemed so honest in this whole scene. Like, he seemed like he was just being kind and considerate. Well, considering it continues on into the next few chapters, now it's like, he's just, I I almost, this almost made me understand, because there's something I've been thinking about with uh, the whole La Push issue, and it's that Edward and Alice are used to having being in a situation where they always have knowledge yeah. of what's going on. And so for a ner- normal person, you're used to the fact that you don't always know everything that's going on, but they aren't. And so to have that control taken from them is going to freak them the fuck out, even though logically it's what everyone else lives with every yeah. day of their lives. Um. 
And so I think between Edward's inexperience with this kind of situation and with romance and that, it led to him acting like a giant fuckhole. But then he did it and was like, wait, this isn't, this isn't okay. Just because I'm having bad feelings. Yeah. I really think he, like, cleared his head while he was hunting and was, like, yeah, I think he just had, like, a, a, not to, I don't know, a come to Jesus moment. And he was, like, if I keep pushing her like this, she might just break up with me. Not that I think she would, but, like, I think he is just reading the writing on the wall that something bad could happen to her no matter where she is. And if she's super pissed off at him all the time, then their relationship is going to sour. I, I disagree with his reasoning behind it because of the way he responds. I think that he realized that it's actually damn like the way he's acting is damaging, not that it's just going to ruin their relationship. Yeah, because I can agree with if that. if it was just going to ruin the relationship, and that's what he was worried about, he would still get angry mm-hmm. and upset. He would just react differently than he had but here we see that it's more like he's come to grasp like he he's like found the way to grasp her feelings yeah and reason with it and not get angry to begin with yeah and i think he kind of realizes that he needs to see her as his equal in the relationship yeah. he can't just be like in control all the time and so uh he's like if i if, you know, if we're not to assume that he's making all the choices because he's the old man in the relationship, that they're going to be on even footing, then he needs to trust her to know what's best. I mean, in general, she's supposed to be characterized as a mature person because she cared for her mom for so long. So the idea that she should be able to make her own choices and that she should be able to have a clear head and and be mature about what she's doing and know how dangerous the thing she's doing is the thing she's doing are yeah that uh i think that that is probably where he's going in his head because i mean you know at this point it can only get worse <laughs> if he keeps trying to push her and push her and you know eventually something bad is going to happen <laughs> Nothing good. I said, my only note on this was, I appreciated this scene. Damn it. Uh, he sighed. Must I always be the responsible one? I grinned in the darkness. Oh, God. No. Let me be in charge of responsibility for a few minutes. Dot, dot, dot. Or hours. She tries so hard to fuck in this scene. I was I was honestly like, I don't remember them having sex before marriage, but she's being horny as fuck right now. She's trying real she's hard. She's trying really hard to have sex with Edward, and he's like, no. She's like, but Edward, come on. Edward. Edward, let's fuck. Edward. <laughs> So, chapter nine. Bella gets home and has a message from Jacob being like, I didn't mean it. I'm so sorry, girl. And uh, 
She ignores it. Charlie apparently was editorializing on it and telling her how she should uh, respond and that Jacob sounded very upset. Uh, and she goes up to her room, but everything's been cleaned and her stuff is missing. So she thinks that Alice must have been taking care of shit in her room and she was packing her stuff up for her. Um, but then Ed arrives and catches the scent of another vampire in the house and has a little freak out, which leads to Charlie thinking they're fighting and he gets all happy about it. Um, but then Ed drags Bella out to meet his family. And so they have this little meeting about the, the fuck's going on. And at first Ed's blaming Alice and being like, why didn't you see what was happening? Why didn't you see that there was another vampire there? Um, but uh, showing growth from every other book in the series so far in which he's just kept freaking out and screaming until something happens. He steps back and is like, I'm sorry, Alice. This mm -hmm. isn't your fault. I'm just upset. I mean, even though logically <laughs> she scared. should have seen someone coming. Yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, like... She, as she explains it is that she's being pulled too thin, stretched too thin, yeah. trying to keep an eye on everything. Because they already have her watching the Volturi and having her watching Bella Which, and stuff like that. So, like, I understand them wanting her to watch the Volturi, but why doesn't she just watch Bella? Yeah, you... Because the Volturi know. are coming for bella i don't know anyway um, anyway but nobody nobody really knows what the hell's happening um so charlie like i said earlier he gives bella some shit when she comes in about jacob uh so he ends up telling her when he's like when she, bella's like i'm not going to uh talk to him right now he's like that's not very attractive oh i Bella. hated that line forgiveness is divine and i'm like i hated it but i'm like anyone else besides charlie i would really hate it but charlie i know like based on his character he's just being a dick to be a dick about yeah. it like i know he's joking but i'm just like no forgiveness no. is divine i cringed when i read that line i was like charlie what are you talking about i think he's just pissed off because he wants bella to be with jacob yeah and so he's just being an asshole because he's like come on you got to forgive jacob even though like i i feel like bella again in this instance she doesn't have to be 100 percent honest with him but if she would just look at him and she was like dad we had a fight and he told me he wished i was dead and then like left the room i feel like charlie would have an understanding of why bella does not want to fucking talk to jacob she doesn't have to then tell again, him everything. Then again, I can actually understand why she wouldn't. Because for her, she might be thinking, well, I am going to eventually forgive him. And I don't want to tell Charlie yeah. that he said I wish he wishes I was dead. And then Charlie. Yeah, like the same thing that happened previously. Last yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite part of this is that when they're all arguing over what, like, who was in Bella's room and why, Esme just comes out of left field and is, like, analyzing the situation. It's just like, well, it could be a new vampire. And they're like, if it was a new vampire, wouldn't they just stay awake? We're all here. And she's like, no, because they're curious. And they're like, then why wouldn't they just come and approach us directly? And she's like, and that's Emmett that says that. And she's looking at them, she's like, that's what you would do, Emmett, because you're a fucking himbo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They're Emmett trying to be cautious. Rights. They didn't go in when anyone else was there. They were trying to avoid people. They didn't do any damage. 
clearly is so she's just like fucking going psycho and analysis on this shit and i'm like what the fuck esme where did this come from i feel like there just needed to be a level head in the room to point that out because we later find out that yes that is the case i think i don't remember but i think that's what it is that it's just it's one of victoria's new vampires however emmett is right because a new vampire we know from later in the book and in the series they're irrational they just kind of do things based on instinct so for once emmett's himbo instincts are correct if it was a new vampire, why didn't he kill Charlie in he the next room? He understands babies. He does understand babies. He is the oh. youngest vampire of all of them. But ja- no, Jasper's the one that understands the youngins most. Yeah, because he stopped drinking human blood the most recent. Um, But then when they get home, Bella calls Jacob. And, or, well, technically it's the next day. Uh, Bella calls Jacob and decides to forgive him. Uh, but then Ed ends up talking to him in, in what? I just like this, this, the conversation that, uh, Edward has oh, yeah. with Jacob. It's where... oddly civil. Yeah. And, uh, He's just like, may I please speak with Jacob? And he like holds out his hand for the phone, but he doesn't just take it. He's like, may I, yeah. may I please speak with him? And Bella's like, he wants to talk to you. And Jacob's like, what? <laughs> Why? But and Edward's just it. like, please, I would like to speak with him. And Bella's like, okay. <laughs> like, hands him the phone. But finally, somebody in this fucking series had some sense in this situation. And the two work out a temporary truce so that they can help each other find the intruder that may or may not be interested in Bella in particular, who they're both worried about. And, uh... They, so they agree to help each other, and Jacob's going to try and convince Sam that they need to renegotiate the treaty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fucking finally. <laughs> I know. It's actually pretty early in this book for that to be happening, though. It's early in the book, but, like, this should have already been happening, like, yeah. in book two with the whole Victoria situation going on. Like, that should have already been something they were trying to I understand out. why it didn't happen in book two because the vampires didn't come back until the very end actually in book two no but like i would have expected that in this book happening months later it would have already been something they were working yeah. on yeah which can i point out this cannot be more than a month or two after the previous book because she's still like being accepted to colleges so it, like i in theory i guess it's supposed to be may ish because the last one took place like the end of the last one took place over spring break so like if in theory spring break was during march and she's like it's been months well then i guess it's it's may unless your school year goes like way into june yeah i don't know i graduated on june 5th so i I mean anyway i think timelines what? Is it timelines? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not sure Smyer knows how time works. I'm not sure either. We we knew she had a concrete handle of when months are in the previous book. In order. In order. But that's all we know. Yeah. So chapter 10. Uh, Edward dips so Jake can come by and get the scent of the mystery vamp. I was so tense the whole time Bella and Jake were alone in the house because I thought this was when he was going to kiss her. It wasn't, but I thought it was. 
Uh, Jake helps Bella do dishes and cuts his hand open. So Bella freaks out because apparently she forgot that he heals really fast. He invites Bella to a party that Yeah, night. this is like... This is like a fucking reveal scene for the power, except we already know that yeah. that's it was how it so works. dumb. I was literally like, Bella, why are and cause the freak out lasted like multiple pages. And I was like, Why are yeah. you why are you freaking out? You know he heals really fast. Uh, like it should have just been like a him being like, I'm fine, and her just being like, I'm about to pass out, and that's it. Yeah. So, he invites Bella to a party that night and implies her relationship is controlling and abusive, but she shrugs him off. The funny thing about him saying this now is that her relationship is just starting to not be controlling and abusive. Like, he's, like, Edward is actually fixing himself, and now Jacob is like, hey, (laughs) I read this book. (laughs) I read this book. um, Actually, I think it was a news story or something. Partners. Refused to listen to each other. Yeah, it was a new story. Mm-hmm. When Edward gets back, he's disappointed that Jake, that Bella did not stab, J- <laughs> that Bella didn't stab Jacob. <laughs> I laughed so fucking hard when I read that. I was like, the first time in this whole series when Edward was trying to be funny and was actually fucking hilarious. Because he was like, why'd you stab him? And Bella's like, what? talking about and edward's like there's blood all over that knife right there and she was like oh no it was an accident and he's like oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) it was really fucking hilarious good job stephanie meyer uh and he encourages bella to try going to school before she commits to being a vampire because she was accepted to dartmouth uh but bella doesn't want to they realize that Bella's clothes have been stolen by the mystery vamp, and after a call with Carlisle, theorize that an army of young vampires is forming in Seattle. And the fact that they aren't like, it's an army of young vampires led by Victoria, immediately is fucking astonishing. Well, finish your last sentence so I can give my note. Edward encourages Bella to go to the party on La Push, and Bella is like, okay. Sure, because he's like, you should go. And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, no, like, really, you should go and have fun. Like, you'll be safe with all of those werewolves around from these vampires that are are running around. And Bella's like, is he just trying to be nice? And Edward's like, fucking go to the party, Bella. Just go to the party, (laughs) goddammit. And so she's like, okay. (laughs) It took until this scene for them to put the mystery of the missing clothes together and i was just like wow none of these characters would survive five minutes in a game of clue no holy shit (laughs) to be fair the reason it took them so long is because bella didn't say that her clothes were missing or like she says in this scene oh by the way can you tell alice like, can you ask oh, no, Alice? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she was like, How can you ask Alice where not, my stuff but is? She should have realized. Oh, yeah. When immediately, when it was obvious that another vampire had been in the room, she should have been like, oh, answer. and my clothes are missing. Because, like, that was, I, I was, from the start, like, I bet, you know, Victoria took her shit. But then it was like, oh, it's not Victoria, it's another vampire. I'm like, okay, so the other vampire took her shit. Yeah. I think the solution to this puzzle is that Victoria instructed this other vampire to get her clothes so that she could pass them around to her army so that they would know what Bella smells like and go find her. 
which is so extra. But you know what? I'm here for it. Uh, so Bella tells Edward she wants to return her motorcycle to Jacob so he can sell it. And this scene was actually really cute. Um, and she finds out that he bought a motorcycle, too, so that they could ride the bikes together. When Edward realizes the motorcycles are a Bella and Jacob thing, he understands and says he'll just give the bike to Jasper. He then gives her a helmet and a riding jacket and says she looks sexy. Damn, like, the fact that, okay, what number one, number one, she thinks she looks dumb in a riding jacket. I know. And I'm like, girl, have you seen girls in riding jackets? Number two, this is neck brace all over again. Yeah. I don't want to look stupid. Girl, you're on a fucking motorcycle. Yeah. Wear a helmet. Wear a helmet. I'm what usually not like a stickler you? for rules and stuff, but please wear a helmet and please wear a seatbelt. It's you... not because it's a rule. It's because like if you value your own safety at all. Yeah. If you get into an accident when you are not wearing a seatbelt or when you are not wearing a helmet on a motorcycle, you are, I think, five to seven times more likely to die horribly. Okay? And I don't want to hear about the cases of people who weren't wearing a seatbelt, so they were ejected from the car, and that's the only reason they survived. That is the exception, not the rule. <laughs> Sometimes a seatbelt would have gotten you killed. Most of the time, yes. a seatbelt's going to keep you from getting killed. 99% of the time. The, one, the .001% of the time where somebody was saved because they made a stupid decision. That's anti-vaxxer logic. And by the way, if you're an anti-vaxxer, we don't like you. Get the fuck off our podcast. Go away. <laughs> we are very pro-vaccination here. Um, so, okay, there's a lot in this scene. I really liked it. I really liked it. I thought it was really great. Like, the fact that Edward saw the motorcycle in the garage and he was not pissed off that she was riding a motorcycle and could have gotten killed and instead was like, I'm going to go get a motorcycle because if this is something she enjoys, I'm going to do it with her. Okay? And then when they're having that scene and he's like, I thought we could ride motorcycles together. And she's just kind of weird about it. He's like, oh, no, this is this is for you and Jacob. Uh, he's like, don't worry. I'll just give the motorcycle to Jasper. You don't have to worry about it. I was like, oh my God, what? How, why do I all of a sudden, I remember why I became team Edward in the end. Oh, oh because he's literally such an abrupt character change. That <laughs> it's literally not Edward anymore. Yeah. I'm choosing to frame it as him just having a change of heart and and just choosing to be more rather than being tense and afraid all the time that something is going to happen to Bella because I think that is where all of that previous like angst came from was him just constantly being like she's gonna die she's gonna die well, she's gonna die. Well, he was also a piece of shit in the first book. Yes, when that don't get me wrong, issue. he was a piece of shit in the first book. But I think a lot of his anxieties leading up to now have just been like she's gonna die, she's gonna die, she's gonna die. Which he could have solved by making her a vampire. But then he's got the inner conflict of the, like, losing of the soul and human life well, or whatever. At least, at least it's less painful to read them together now. Yes, yes. And so I'm going to accept this new characterization and not spend all my time thinking about how it doesn't fit him. I'm just going to enjoy it for what it's worth. We're going to acknowledge the fact that it was poor character building up to this point and bad execution, but thank God it's better now. Yes, exactly. Um, so Edward drives Bella to La Push and drops her off at the border. Both Edward and Jacob are annoyingly territorial about Edward. I mean, about Bella. Ew. 
Um, Jacob just gets out yeah. and rubs his dick on Ed. <laughs> so, um, well, what I'll say about this is that Edward is very aware that Jacob is helplessly in love with Bella. And he knows that Bella wants to be with him. And he is going out of his way to take Bella down to the border and, like, make sure she has a good time. And he's trying to be nice about this whole thing. And he does overly affectionately kiss her in front of Jacob, which is shitty. I hate it. I don't like alpha male, like, oh, look at me. I'm kissing my boyfriend, my, my girlfriend, and you can't have her. But, like... Not a fan. Not a fan. But in the mind of a teenager, which, again, I am still going to go down the route of believing that Edward still has the brain of a teenager, I can see where he's coming from because he's like, this boy is obsessed with my girlfriend and anytime she's around him, I can't be there. So I'm a smooch her because fuck you. She's my girlfriend. I don't agree with it, but I do understand where the inclination comes from. Oh, it's, it's a, it's a logical, uh, characterization. Yes. Doesn't mean I like it. Oh no. I don't. I don't like it. It's gross, and I, I don't agree with people who do it, but it is a characterization that exists. It's just like earlier when Jacob said that he wished Bella would die instead of becoming a vampire. But then Jacob, like, picks her up and spins her around in, like, a soul-crushing hug, and she's like, can you please put me down? And he, like, doesn't at first. <laughs> no. It's like, Jacob, you're not even the boyfriend. This is you, like, trying to mark your territory on someone who isn't your boyfriend. He already pissed on her peppers. (laughs) He already pissed on the fucking peppers. Why are you trying to put your scent on her body? And that's the end of chapter 10. I can, wait, hold on. No, no. On her body. No, stop. And now my bed sheets smell like you (laughs) i hate that song god you will not mention the shape of you by ed sheeran in my presence because praying by kesha should have won the grammy all right um well that's the end of chapter 10 uh what do you what are your predictions for next week what do you think is gonna happen all right uh la push sam is gonna lose it again and this time he's gonna scratch bella proving (laughs) edward and the vamps right and then uh they're gonna break the treaty and come in and slaughter the werewolves all except for jacob who they're going to take and keep in a kennel in uh a secret underground basement at the cullen house and then when the vampire army of youngsters come along uh, they're going to take Jacob out, who's now been starved, and just set him loose on the youngsters to go on a feeding frenzy. What's it like to live inside your brain? Painful. <laughs> I just keep thinking about the girl I'm dating. Uh, so I think this next part is where we're going to meet Leah Clearwater. Lesbian icon Leah Clearwater. Ooh. She's not actually gay, but like... You've seen you've seen not. her actress, right? No. <gasps> oh my god, I'm gonna show you her actress, and I want to get a live reaction of you looking at her, because she is so cute. So this is her. Like, I want her to step on me. You know what I mean? 
Maybe punch me in the face. Shit. What? She's just really pretty. She is really pretty. And she doesn't try to remove Bella's autonomy from her. And there's there's Seth. There's little baby Seth. Badass werewolf babe. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think she might be my she might she's she's definitely in, in top three of all of my favorite characters. You're right, she is a top. She is a top. Looking at that woman, she's a top. So next time we're gonna meet Leah. Um I think next time is definitely when the kiss is gonna happen. And I'm I'm tense just thinking about it because I know Edward blows the fuck up. And Bella also punches Jacob in the face, which I'm excited for. Because he needs oh to learn his lesson. But he doesn't because he becomes a pedophile. Hey, oh my god. I'm not ready for any of this. <laughs> Alright, well that is the end. Do you have any final words? Kill me. No can do skis. Turn me into a vampire so I can live long enough to find every copy of Twilight and terminate its existence. <laughs> also, no can do skis. Uh, you know what I can do, skis? Say goodbye. What? Bye! Wait, hold on. What? No. <gasps> oh no! Social media! Follow us on Twitter at 2020TwilightPod. My. Uh, follow us she on. She is at. <laughs> Sarah S. Wilton. No, I'm going to try that again. you can find me at M of many names. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try it again. Follow us on Twitter at 2020 Twilight Pod. M is M of many names. I am Sarah S. Wilton. Um, give us a, 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 little, a little sprinkling of love over on our coffee. That's ko-fi.com slash 2020 Twilight Pod. Or you can find the link in our bio on Twitter. Um, please, please go give us a follow on Twitter. Interact with us. Tell us what you like, what you hate. Um, we post every time that we have a new episode go up and sometimes intermittently in between. We love, absolutely love hearing from the people who listen to the show. So please, I'm begging you, please. <laughs> I'm not going to do that voice. Please. Please come interact please, with us. Please come interact with us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's actually the end. Bye. Bye. Bitches. <laughs>